Good morning, everyone. It is so good to be here with you this morning. And uh, also, blessed Sabbath for those who are watching as well. Um, If you have some of that extra money, uh, please give it to Ingathering Texas ACS. Um, As we were talking and as was mentioned, um, the disasters do not stop. Um, of course, the, the uh, virus has been one of our biggest uh, disasters that we've faced this year. Uh, and at first it was like, what are we going to do? What, you know, with all of this going on? Uh, and then, of course, we had uh, three hurricanes come right up Louisiana. I mean, just almost in the same area every time and so of course we were we were having to be out there and help uh, with all the uh, disaster and all that happened during that time. Um, In gathering is really what we um, live off of. Uh, The in gathering is what um, we use that hundred percent of what comes in we use it to buy the things that we need to help the people who have been uh, affected by some kind of disaster, whether it's a big disaster or a personal disaster, you know, uh, the COVID. Uh, we were blessed when um, this first happened. Our hospital in Hong Kong made a plea for the N95 mass. And uh, by God's grace, we had, uh, I think, about three or four pallets of those N95 masks, so we were able to send a a pallet full of those N95 masks to our hospital in Hong Kong. Uh, We were able to help Tarrant County and Johnson County, the uh, EMS and the the first responders and the doctors, the medical field. Uh, I had one doctor come up to me and uh, after we had given them the mask and he said, uh, you don't know how many lives you've just saved but all the glory goes to God. Now, here's the thing, and this is why we especially need your help in the in-gathering. Because of COVID, interestingly enough, prices have shot way up. Those masks, we used to get them for 50 cents. Now they're about $3.50. We found a place where we could get uh, a lot of the supplies we needed for $4,000. And I thought, man, this is great. Uh, So we put our order in, but come to find out the shipping was $6,000. So we canceled that. I said, no, I'm not paying $6,000 to get all of this. But God has been good, and he has helped, and he has provided. um, And, of course, he provides through you. So uh, think about it, please, and give to uh, in gathering. Give to Texas ACS, Texas Adventist Community Services. I know on the 12th there was a, an Adventist Community Services offering, but that was for the North American Division. Uh, we don't get that. So when you think about it, please uh, give to Texas Adventist Community Services. And we want to thank you for all that you're doing to help your neighborhood. Um, The needs have just gone way up with uh, all of the the COVID virus and everything. But we're thankful that your church, as well as other churches, have stepped up to help 
your community and you don't know how much that means to your community and how much that means to us as well. We were able to get a grant from the North American Division and one from ADRA and we were able to funnel that to your church as well here to be able to help you doing what you're doing. We want to partner with you uh, as you work out in the community and we just want to thank you. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for providing all that we need. And what we need now is to hear your voice through your word. May your spirit talk to each one of us, Lord. May we see the beauty of your principles, of your message, of what you are desiring from us. And may we be obedient. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Take your Bible, your electronic device, whatever you use to uh, read the Word of God. And let's go to the book of Luke. We're going to be in the New Testament today. Luke chapter 10. And we're going to begin with verse 25. Luke chapter 10, beginning with verse 25. And the Word of God says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, now that him is Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now let's get the picture here. Let's get the characters who are involved here. First, there is an interpreter of the law, an expert of the law, one who knew the law very well, one who people actually would come to him to, in order to understand the law. And the scripture says, a lawyer. And on the other side, you have Jesus, the author of the law, the giver of the law. We could say the law of God in flesh and bones. And this lawyer comes to Jesus and he comes with a question. And the scripture says that he does this to test him. What shall I do to inherit eternal life. And this is what I love about Jesus. If you watch it every time that somebody comes to test him, Jesus does not get into a discussion with him. Notice verse 26. He said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? I love this because now Jesus is testing the lawyer. And basically he says, listen, you consider yourself an interpreter of the law, an expert of the law. Tell me, what does the law say? The lawyer had not expected this. But being that he was not only in the presence of Jesus, but he also was in the presence of the Pharisees who actually sent him on this mission. He had to tell the truth. Verses 27 and 28. So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he, Jesus, said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. The lawyer repeated two verses that were very well known by every Jew. He repeated Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 and 5 
which every Jew said every morning and every evening. And also Leviticus 19 verse 18. And Jesus said to him, good answer, do this and you will live. Now, my friends, it's important for you and I to pay attention to what Jesus said. Do this and you will live. Now, the man asked, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He probably was expecting Jesus to tell him that, that he needed to travel to Jerusalem or, 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 or he needed to give a, an offering of a certain amount. He expected Jesus to tell him what he, that he had to do some task in order to earn eternal life. But Jesus tells him, do this and you will live. Do this and you will have eternal life. Do what? It's very clear. Love God and love your neighbor. Now that's easy, isn't it? Love God and love people, my friends, is why you and I were created. We cannot love people if we don't love God. And we cannot love God if we don't love people. First John chapter 4 verse 20 is very clear. It says, whoever claims to love God yet ha hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. We were created to love God, to serve God, and to love and serve people. Jesus said, do this and you will live. To inherit eternal life, it is necessary to love God and to love people. Now watch verse 29. But he, the lawyer, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? The lawyer should have stopped right there. <laughs> you know? Sometimes, and, and sometimes we do the same things, you know. Sometimes we say something, we should have just stopped right, right where we said it. Jesus, Jesus had told him, you know, he's, he told him that he had responded well. He said, you have answered rightly. But the lawyer's heart had been touched. And he realized that he was breaking the very law that he said he was an expert of. You see, the word for, for neighbor in Leviticus 19 verse 18 actually meant fellow Jew, fellow Israelite. So the lawyer thought he didn't have to love the Gentiles. He didn't have to love the Samaritans because they were foreigners. They were, they were enemies. But which of his fellow Jews, of his fellow Israelites, was his neighbor because you know sometimes it's hard to love that church member I remember when my uh, my father-in-law passed away years ago as a matter of fact we were pastoring here in the Dallas area and my father-in-law passed away and and, and uh, my wife and I we went 
to his funeral. He lived down in the valley. And I remember when we came back, and we were back in church that Sabbath, a, a church member came up to my wife, and she said, uh, I, I'm so sorry about, uh, about the death of your, of your father. And my wife said, well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And then the church member said, was he a Seventh-day Adventist? And my wife said, well, no, he wasn't. And the church member said, oh, well, then it wasn't such a great loss. You see, sadly, there are those in God's people who think that if you're not part of God's people, well, yeah, 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 you're no good. And this church member made the point very well. You know, sometimes there are some church members, it's not easy to love. And sometimes we ask the same question. Who's my neighbor? We try to support our belief that we really don't have to love everyone. The drug addict. The prostitute. The homeless. The poor. My neighbor. Some of my fellow church members. I, I, I really don't have to love them, do I? So Jesus, watch this now, what Jesus does. Jesus repeats the answer again, but this time in a parable. And in doing so, he lets the lawyer know. And my friends, he lets you and I know what it is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Verse 30. We're in Luke chapter 10. Verse 30. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now here's someone who is going along in the journey of life. And the scripture says that he fell among thieves, he fell among robbers. Scripture also says in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. You see, it is the thief, it is the enemy, it is the devil who comes to rob, to kill, and to destroy, and cause pain and suffering in people's lives. My friends, you and I need to understand that our fight is not against drug addicts. Our fight is not against alcoholics. Our fight is not against thieves and the homeless and so forth. Our fight is against the devil. Because it's the devil who has taken these people to this very situation. Reality is that it's only by the grace of God that you and I are not in the same situation. You need to thank God every day for that. And if you find yourself, if you're listening to me this morning, and you find yourself in one of these situations, listen, I want to tell you, God is here, and he's come to free you completely. This person was robbed. We can say, well, it was his own fault. He shouldn't have been going down that road. Or we could also say, you know, it's something that happened that was out of his control. But friends, all of that does not matter. 
This person, like so many people in your community, was robbed by the enemy and needs help. He was robbed of his dignity. They stripped him of his clothes and they stripped him of his dignity. And my brother, my sister, there are people in your community whom the enemy has left naked. Maybe not physically, but he's left them without dignity and they need your help. This man was wounded physically. He needed medical attention. Mentally, he needed someone to listen. Emotionally, he needed someone to care. Spiritually, he needed someone to love him with the love of Jesus. The scripture said he was left for dead, abandoned, abused, afflicted, left without support, without encouragement, and without hope. And I ask you this morning, how many people in this world are in the same, same condition? How many people in your community are in this same situation? Verse 31. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. A priest came by. A holy man. A man of God. A man who knew and preached what the Bible taught about loving God and loving our fellow man. And he sees this fellow Jew in need. A church member. A child of God. A human being created in the image of God. And when he saw him, Scripture says, he passed by on the other side. I didn't see anything. He shouldn't have been traveling this way anyway. It's not my responsibility. I'm sure Adventist Community Services will take care of him. Verse 32. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. A Levite came by. He helped the priest in the temple. He was a leader in the church. He heard the priest preach about loving God and loving our fellow man. And he sees a person in need, a fellow church member, maybe even his neighbor, a human being created in the image of God. The scripture says he passes by on the other side. Ellen White, in the book Desire of Ages, page 499, says the following about the Levite. He was convicted of what he ought to do, but it was not an agreeable duty. He was convicted. He knew what he needed to do, but it just wasn't agreeable. You know, it just... Not something I really would like to do. It's not my responsibility. Someone else will help him. Again, we're told in Desire of Ages, page 499 and 500, both these men 
both these men were in sacred office and professed to expound the scriptures. They were of the class specially chosen to be representatives of God to the people. They were to have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way that they might lead men to understand God's great love toward humanity. You know, you and I do that everywhere we go with everyone we meet. And especially when someone is in need, we let them know what God thinks of humanity by what we do. Do we help or do we pass by on the other side? We let them know, so this is what God is like. So this is how God loves me. Verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. A Samaritan came by. Now, he was not considered part of God's people. His theology was not the same as God's people. As a matter of fact, there was even hostility between the Samaritans and the Jews. But the scripture says, he came where he was. You see, the priest and the Levites saw this fellow Jew from a distance. They did not get up close and personal, but rather passed by on the other side. Scripture says the Samaritan came to where he was. He got close to the man in need. He went to where the man in need was. You and I need to go to where the people are. We can see them from the windows. We can see them from the front door. We can see them as we drive to church and back home. But we're never going to make a difference in their life until we go to where they are. It could be that we see our neighbor in his yard as we get in our car to come to church and we might wave at him. We might see them at the grocery store, you know, as, as we're getting our soy milk and our griller and, and we might smile and, and pass by on the other side. But we're, we're never going to make a difference in the lives of people until we go to where they are. And when we go to where they are, we must go as the Samaritan did. You see, it says he had compassion on this man. And I love, as I was listening to the Sabbath school lesson, I think our dear sister over here talked about how we need to have compassion. You know, there are those that, that, that just like the priest and like the Levite, you know, uh, they see someone who needs help and they say, oh, no, 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 not today. Today is Sabbath. If I help, if I, if I change that uh, flat tire, you know, no, 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 I'll be working on the Sabbath. Where's your compassion? What would Jesus do? What did he do? How many times did he get accused of breaking the Sabbath? 
The one who created the Sabbath. I remember, uh, I remember an elder in one of my churches one day, one Sabbath, came up to me and he said, uh, after church service, he said, uh, it's my son's birthday today. He says, uh, but I'm not, uh, not going to go to his house and, and celebrate because it's the Sabbath. I said, but it's your son's birthday. Just at least just go by and wish him a happy birthday. And you know, oh no, 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 no. He says, no, I can't do that. He says, then I would be part of the festivities and uh, I can't, it's, it's the Sabbath. You know, Ellen White says, we don't really understand completely the meaning of the Sabbath. We need to make sure we don't have a narrow focus on the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. And Jesus said it very clearly. It is, it is good to do good. It's right to do good on the Sabbath. So we need to have compassion. The Samaritan had compassion on this man. He didn't care that, that the man was a Jew. He didn't care that, he was, that they were enemies. He didn't even care that he might get robbed and beaten also. He didn't care that, the, that his th theology was not the same as his. He didn't care that this person didn't eat like he did, didn't dress like he did, didn't listen to the same music he did, didn't worship like he did. He only saw a human being created in the image of God that needed help and he had compassion on him. And you and I, we need to have compassion on people. You don't know why they're in the situation that they're in. A lot of times we see them and we judge. You don't know why. Listen, friends, I have had the opportunity to speak with, with homeless people. And, and I ask them, and tell, ask them to tell me their story. And I have spoken with some of them who before they were homeless, they were presidents. They were CEOs of big corporations. I remember a young man who was a tremendous salesman, always dressed sharp, always smiling, always successful. And he experienced a terrible situation that affected him, affected him greatly. And it brought him so far down, you could not even recognize who he was. And again, my friends, only by the grace of God, you and I do not go through that. These people are out there because God wants to see what you and I are going to do. Will we pass them by? Will we go around them? Or, we will, or will we go to where they are? Will we have compassion on them? Verses 34 and 35. So he went to him, the Samaritan went to him and bandaged his wounds pouring on oil and wine, and, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to the inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. The Samaritan attended to his needs. He did what he could to help him with his wounds. And friends, there are people out there with many wounds. 
And we're called to mingle with them and do what we can to help them with their wounds. And then he put him on his animal. You know, today we would say we put him in, he put him in his car. He wasn't concerned that he might get it dirty. He wasn't concerned that he might get blood on the seats. He found transportation for him. And then he brought him to the comfort inn. And he found him shelter. And he didn't just drop him off. This is the amazing thing. He didn't just drop him off and say, look, man, here, uh, this guy needs help. And, you know, and no, he stayed with him to make sure that he would be okay. Because it says, then the next day, seeing that the man was better, the Samaritan continued his journey. But not before paying for this man's stay at the inn. And not only that, but he left his credit card. And he told the innkeeper, listen, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay. So he also had in mind to return and see how this man was doing. You and I need to do the same thing, friends. When we find someone out there who needs help and we can help him, great. Let's help them. But don't just help them and forget about them. Check on them again later on. Because as you do that, they get to know. They don't get to just hear or read about what God is like. They get to see what God is like. And that's what this world needs more than anything. To see the love of God. Verse 36. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him? Who fell among the thieves. Jesus asked the lawyer. Which of these three do you think was neighbor to him. Who fell among the thieves. I ask you today. Which of these three was more like Jesus. Which one of them fulfilled the scripture? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Ellen White says in Desire of Ages, page 496, In the story of the Good Samaritan, Christ illustrates the nature of true religion. He shows that it consists not in systems. It consists not in creeds. It consists not in rites. But in the performance of loving deeds. In bringing the greatest good to others. In genuine goodness. Listen friends. We have the truth. Praise God that we do. But it's not enough to say we have the truth. It's not enough to know we have it and, 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 and feel like, you know, too bad they don't have it. Uh, you know, there's a responsibility that comes in having the truth. And we can have the truth and still not demonstrate that we are children of God. That's what was happening with the Jews. 
And sad to say, it's happening with a lot of God's people today. We are to be out there. We are to be where people, where the people are. We're to show them compassion. We're to meet their needs. We're to bring encouragement to those who are discouraged. Hope to the hopeless. Love to those who no one wants to love. And relief to those who suffer. And the beautiful thing about it is we're not alone as we do this. Desire of Ages, page 500. The angels of heaven look upon the distress of God's family upon the earth. And they are prepared to cooperate with men in relieving oppression and suffering. Isn't it wonderful to know you've got the angels on your side? And Jesus ends the parable. Interestingly enough, by saying, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Earlier, Jesus had told the lawyer what to do, and then he said, do this, and you will live. Then he repeats the answer, using a parable, giving greater detail, and now he says, you want to inherit eternal life? Go and do likewise. And this is what we're told in Desire of Ages, page 504. Many who profess his name, the name of Christ, many who profess his name have lost sight of the fact that Christians are to represent Christ. Unless there is practical self-sacrifice for the good of others in the family circle, in the neighborhood, in the church, and wherever we may be, then whatever our profession, we are not Christians. Let me share with you an experience I had not too long ago that made me reflect on my own compassion. Do I have the compassion? Do I love all people as God has told us? Do this and you shall live. Do this. You go and do likewise. The, uh, the Mormon church gave us an 18-wheeler full of clothes. This is not the first time they've done it. This is about the second time they've done it. So they, they, and they do an awesome job because they, 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 before they send it to us, they, they sort it out, they wash it, uh, and they sort it out, men, women, youth, children. But then they put it in bales, 100-pound bales. So this 18-wheeler had 350 bales of clothes, uh, each one weighing 100 pounds. Only the warehouse manager and myself were there to unload this 18-wheeler. And we were going to be unloading it from their 18-wheeler, putting it in one of our 18-wheeler trailers to store it there. And we had these rollers, so we put the rollers between. So I got on one end, one trailer. I started unstacking the bales, putting them on the rail, rails, and pushing them over to the warehouse manager. He'd take them, and he'd start stacking them in the other trailer. 100-pound bales. And they were stacked four high. So you can imagine what it was like just trying to, you know, I'd just kind of pull it and then just let it fall. And then I'd pick it up. But after a while, 
A hundred pound bales, you start getting pretty tired. And it's just the two of us. Well, my wife began to call, make some call to some of our members who always told us, hey, you need anything, just call us. We'll be there. So she started making those calls to those people. And it was interesting how each one had a reason why they couldn't come and help. One of the Mormon leaders, he and his wife, came to our warehouse because they wanted to see the warehouse and they wanted to see the operations. They had heard about it, but they had never seen it. So they came and they looked and they saw me up there. You know, I told him who I was, told him hello. And he says, you shouldn't be up there. What are you doing up there? And I said, hey, in this job, you know, you do everything. So he saw our situation. He made one phone call and 15 young men in coat, tie, dress pants came in. And in no time at all, they unloaded that 18-wheeler and stacked ours up. No time at all. And as they left, as they left, each one of them looked at us and they said, thank you for the honor of serving each one of them. And I found out later that the reason they had coat and tie and dress pants on because they had been in a meeting with their president. And when this fellow called and told them there was a need, they left the meeting because they knew there was a need. They didn't care that the theology was not the same. They didn't care who the Seventh-day Adventists are and what they... They just saw that there was a need and they went to help fulfill that need. That made me reflect on myself, on my... Do I have that, Lord? Jesus said... In John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief, the devil, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And my friends, he has done just that. The devil has stolen from us the purpose for our existence. You see, he loves it when we believe our purpose is to satisfy our wants, our desires, our lust. He loves it when we focus only on us and our needs. He loves it because he knows if we continue on that path, it will take our life and destroy us. But Jesus also said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I have come, Jesus says, to return to you your purpose in life, what you were created for. You were created to love and serve God and love and serve people. Go. Go and do likewise. Do this and you will live. Father God, thank you for the challenge you've given to us this day. 
Help us to reflect and look at ourselves. To honestly, Lord, just look at ourselves. Do we really love you with all our heart and our mind and our strength and our soul? And do we love people? Do we really love people? And I know there are people that come in our lives that sometimes it's hard to love them. But you know, you didn't, you didn't say love only those that it's easy to love. You said you are created to love and serve God and to love and serve people. That is true Christ-like character. That is what you're waiting to see in us. So that you can come home. You can return and take us home. I thank you once again for this church. As they have been serving their community. Continue to bless them. And use them to show the love of Jesus. Someone will be in heaven. Because of what they are doing. Help them not to lose faith. Help them never to think this is not worth it. No, Lord, this is what every church should be doing at this time. Bless the pastor and his family. Take care of them on their vacation. Bless the leaders of this church is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.